Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Man, we exist to make Jesus famous. Uh, That's why we're here. Uh, You can forget me. You can forget us. uh, You can even forget this building. um, But don't forget Him. Uh, We exist to absolutely uh, make Jesus famous. Man, we're glad you're here today. Um, uh, We're in a series called... uh, Well, before I get there, I don't want to get to my series yet. Kim, Rusty, you crushed it, bro. Dude... I love the fact that we're in a church uh, that just did rap as part of uh, our worship set. Um, I thank God for where the church has been historically. Like, I love hymns. Like, some, some, some of those good old hymns. Dude, I can, I can jive with that. But I can't become so connected to the past that I miss where God is going in the future. You don't rewrap Christmas gifts and give them to your kids because last year was a good year. Because the world changes, right? What your kids were into and needed at at four is different than when they're at five. And don't give a five-year-old gift to a teenager. Hey, you imagine giving your teenager one of them little ducks that comes behind you and pops. You know what I'm talking Like, you're not going to do that. And here's the thing. What I think is this, is that sometimes we get so absorbed in the past that we miss our present. And we become so absorbed in our present that we can't see our future. Now, generally, you get absorbed in your present when you're in a dark season. When stuff, when the wheels are falling off the train, it's never going to end. It's going to end. And if you're in a great season, here's the sucky news. It's going to end. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, which means the sun shines on the ju- just and the unjust. Also know this, that, that where the stalls are empty, you don't have to shovel any manure. With every new promise that the Lord gives you, you're going to have to learn to shovel something. I want a baby so bad. Well, you about to shovel some sleepless nights. You about to shovel some diapers. Man, I want a spouse. Get ready to shovel. I wish I had my own house. Till something breaks and you have to pay for it, get, get your shovel out. Does this make like, like it's one of those things where, man, every blessing of God comes with a responsibility to shovel. So, man, if you're here today, uh, I just want you to know that we're looking... Um, and honoring what God has done in the past historically in the church, not just ours, but the global church. But we want to be present in what He's doing now. But we also want to look and see what He's doing in the future. Like, I don't live so far in the future that I make my past no good. But here's the thing, I start talking about next year's vacation on the way home from this year's vacation. Because i got to have some, i got to have, I'm a, I'm a future thinker. I'm like, my wife would be like, hey, wasn't that fun? I'm like, you know, but next year. Next year, what I want. What I would do different. Can I say, I stopped checking the weather forecast before I go to the beach. Because if it's going to rain, ain't nothing I can do about it. When you were 20, you didn't check the forecast. Why you check it at 40? Anyway, that has nothing to do with where I'm going. Anyway, so we're in a series called, called To the Cork. Here's what we think. We think you can't be a part of us um, or a part of what God is doing through Thrive Church unless you know who we are. And in order for you to know who we are, it really has to be who you are. Because the church isn't the building, it's the DNA of the people who sit in the building. But what we have to do is we have to agree, man, this is who we are. Like week one, we said, man, we exist to make Jesus famous. So what does that mean? 
If you're really going to make Jesus famous, you have to do everything that nobody else is willing to do. You have to be willing to lean into spaces and places that nobody else is willing to go and talk to people that nobody else wants to talk to. And you have to do things in their life that nobody else is willing to do. That, that making Jesus famous is the easiest thing that you can do, but, it's, but it requires you to live a life not only on purpose, but with purpose. Like every day, if I exist to make Jesus famous. Um, I was following somebody uh, to meet Josh this week for breakfast, and they were doing 30 in a 45. 30 in a 30 in a flipping 45. It's 6 something in the morning. First of all, if you're up at 6 something in the morning, you're in a hurry. You don't get up at 6 something in the morning to go take a drive. 10 in the morning, it's your time. It's your dime. You spend it how you want to. 6.30 in the morning, put your foot on the gas and at least do the blessed speed limit. So we passed the church and I was thinking, there's a passing zone down here and I'm about to draft this lady like Dale Earnhardt. I'm, I'm going to like bump draft. go around. And then I remembered, you know what? If I go blow this lady's doors off, Am I making Jesus famous? Because when you're committed to something being the core of who you are, it changes the way you live your life. So we said, man, the first thing is, is you, you, we agree that we all live to make Jesus famous. And in order to do that, week two, we have to be kingdom-minded. Most churches get, get in arguments and split because somebody lost their kingdom mindset. When we start arguing, first of all, we don't vote on what color the carpet is because one, we don't have carpet. And, and two... We're, that has nothing to do with making Jesus famous. It's kingdom doesn't care what color your carpet is. Can I get an amen? We're going to put carpet in here, and if you don't like it, look up at the ceiling. If you don't like the way the ceiling looks, give some money. We'll change the ceiling. I'm okay. We'll put a Sistine Chapel in here if it makes you happy. If you pay for it, I'll do it. Can I get an amen? But that's not the things we're going to be concerned with. We're going to be concerned with what makes the kingdom of God grow. So if I have to decrease so that God can increase, then that's what I'll do. If I have to let you have your way so that God can have His way, I will get out of the way. That was good. And then we talked about this. We said, man, that, that one of the, the next things that, that God really said is, I want my house full. Jesus uses these parables and He said, man, you know, I, I expect my house to be full. And if it won't be full with the people that should be here, I'll fill it with the people that shouldn't be here. Can I, can I just thank God that Thrive is a church for people who shouldn't be here? You're probably on your 15th chance. Come on. Look, if God, if God only gave me one chance, I'd have blown it a long time ago. But God keeps giving me chance after chance after chance. Not that I squander those, but now I know, man, I exist to live to, I exist to make Jesus famous. I exist to, to fill His house. I, I, I exist to, to have a kingdom mindset. So God, I'm going to blow it from time to time. But man, I'm, I'm now living with a core set of principles, not only as a church, but as a body of believers. Then this week we're, we're going to talk about some. I'm going to go ahead and warn you. You're not going to like it. Some of you, about 80% of the people aren't going to like it. So if you're visiting, you have to come back next week. Ne you're probably not going to like next week either. So next week, so next week we're, we're, we're talking about uh, buried, buried, lost, and left. Uh, the three kinds of people that are going to come into your life. Um, but um, this week we're talking um, about radical generosity. Uh, because in order for us to be the church that we want to be, we're going to be radically generous. We're going to write checks to people who don't deserve them. 
we're going to give gifts to churches that don't like us? If there's somebody in your office that doesn't like you, I mean, cannot stand you, here's your challenge. Go buy them a gift. You want to keep your heart in the right, in the right space? Get them something. So, uh, earlier this year, and, and I don't say this to be bragging on them or us, but, but uh, earlier this year we got really frustrated with our soundboard and a church literally just mailed us a soundboard. They said, man, sound head, this, this, everything with it. They did that. And so, so we pulled our old board out, put that one in. And I love that board, but it's caused us to have to repent some because we didn't understand how everything worked, and, and especially Brandon. But he's, he's saved now, so we're okay. And, and uh, he had to rededicate his life a couple of times. But no. And so, so we took our board and we, we put it out in the building. And um, we just decided, man, we're going to find a church that needs a soundboard. And, and we did that, and so Jesse and I rode down uh, to, to a friend's church in um, Statesville, I believe it was, and literally we, we took all of our equipment, the, the speakers that TJ had rebuilt 37 times that came from a coliseum, and, and uh, we bought them a brand new snake, and, and Jesse and I went down and installed it, and man, it went from sounding like trash, it sounded like an old 1986 car stereo with the two tweeters up front. That's all it had. Everybody knows the sound I'm talking about. Oh, it was horrible. Like you listen to AM radio and that's all you can do. They were trying to do worship through that. And then we as a church bought them a couple of microphones and, and just really hooked them up, right? So that they could do church well. And I don't say that for us to be boastful, but uh, somebody came to Liz as we began to upgrade some stuff on our stage. And a lot of the stuff that we were using still had a lot of value. And they came to Liz, they were new to our team, and they were like, hey, if we put this on eBay, we could get like 80% of our money back. Some of the things, the cost has gone up so much, actually we could get everything back we paid for it. And without missing a beat, Liz went, well, you don't understand our church then. We don't sell things. We invest them. Because in order for us to buy them, somebody invested in the mission that God put here. So here's the problem. That mic isn't our mic. This isn't our mic. It's God's mic. So if God wants us to use it and steward it for a while, fine. But when He decides that it doesn't need to be in our hand anymore, it's up to us to ask the Lord whose hand now His mic needs to go to. You don't give your hand-me-down jeans to somebody else's family if your brother or sister don't have jeans. Is this making any sense? God said, look, I bought the jeans. I bought the mic. You give them to your brothers and sisters before you do anything else. Does this make sense? Because we want to live with open hands and open hearts. So Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas decorations. My Christmas decorations go up on Halloween night. I don't do Halloween, so I do Christmas. And uh, every year we try to add something to it. Uh, this year we added an inflatable Olaf that, at our door because he makes me happy. I don't even know a Samantha, um, but is it Shannon? Samantha? Yeah, I've got two, I've got a twin uh, nieces, Shannon and Samantha, and I know it's one of them, and I can never remember which one Olaf says, so I say it different every time. But here's my question: um, So I love the Grinch. I was talking with with some folks before service about the Grinch, and the, the problem is now they're like 19 Grinches. There's like the Jim Carrey version, and there's the original version, then there's the new cartoon version, and like, I'm sure there are other ones. And so when you say, oh, the Grinch, um, it depends on which Grinch you're talking about. But they're all pretty much the same Grinch. But in that movie, you've got the Grinch and the people of Whoville. 
in the story, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the Grinch? Or do you want to be the Who's? Take it a step further. Uh, uh, Bailey. George Bailey. It's a Wonderful Life. Do you want to be the old crooked dude? Or do you want to be the nice banker? Who's like trying to do loans for people and trying to help? And Because it comes down to this. Do you live your life with a closed hand or an open hand? Like, like, like do you have the the mindset that everything in your life is a stewardship and not an ownership. See, here's the bottom line. I don't own anything. I steward a lot of things. My car is a gift from God. I paid for it with money He let me earn. He let me drive it. He told me to take care of it. Now, TJ has a... What kind of guitar is it? Of what year? 1978 Gibson Les Paul. It is a dope guitar. So if you don't know guitars, it's a nice whatever. But it's super vintage. So he was up here like tearing it up, right? And a lot of people don't know this, but Jay uh, is a guitarist. Just really good. He, he, he plays lead guitar just like TJ. And they're, they're great. And so last week, I saw Jay leaving with TJ's guitar. And I thought, or two weeks ago, and I thought, you know, I wonder if TJ forgot it. Or because Jay's a cop, he could probably get away with stealing it. But then we've got other questions to answer. He did not steal it. But um, so come to find out, I said, hey, dude, what, you know, did TJ leave his guitar? And he goes, no, man. He said, he's going to be out of town a couple weeks. And he let me borrow it and just told me to like, you know, just play it. So I get like all these videos. So so when he's Jay's in front of you all, he calls me Pastor Adam or whatever. When it's just us talking, he'll send me a video going, hey, slick. And then he'll play me this this thing. Right. So he's like shredding this guitar and all this. So he came in this Sunday with it. And, and I was like, hey man, are you playing this Sunday? He said, no, I'm giving TJ back his guitar. And here's what dawned on me, is that because he borrowed TJ's guitar, dude, he used it. He sent me some videos I would love to show to you, but he is just shredding the neck off this guitar, right? Like he's just playing the fool out of it. And then, and then, I promise you this, when he went to put that guitar up, he put it up better than he put his own up. I guarantee you, uh, he didn't throw this one on the bed. He didn't leave it out of the case if he wasn't playing it. When he stood up, he not didn't trust the strap. He did the guitar death grip on it. He, he watched the neck so he didn't you know, ding it on anything. Because you always steward something of somebody else's better than you steward your own thing. When you have the mindset that, <laughs> that everything in your life, your finances, your cars, your house, your spouse, your children, your neighborhood... Everything in your life is a gift from God that you do not own. You steward. Here's news for you parents. God loved your baby before you ever even knew you were pregnant. You aren't the owner of your child. You're the steward. You're not the owner of your relationships. You're the steward. You're not the owner of your finances. You're the steward. Leviticus says this, uh, in Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says, Every tithe of the land, <coughs> whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord, and it's holy to the Lord. Now, here's the reality, is that, that most of us are not farmers. If you are, you're probably a small-time farmer. So most of us, our first fruits are not out of the garden, but they're out of a paycheck. And God said this, He said, you know what, a tithe literally means 10%. God said, and people always ask me, is it gross or net? 
I, listen, this isn't Levitical law. Like, don't get down in the weeds. Which one do you feel like the Lord would have you tithe off of? Do it. Well, what if you can't tithe? Ever? Begin to, to give something. Like, like make giving, because you have to make this decision. Are you Grinch with a, hold, with a closed hand or are you who with an open hand? Like, like, are you protecting your castle at the sake of God's kingdom? And so, here's, here's the thing. Tithe begins at 10%. Generosity begins at 10.1%. At 10%, you're just being obedient to what God told you to do. At 10.1% and above, now you're, be, now you're being generous. Now, is the only place you can give the church? No. But it has to start at the church because if God isn't the center of your giving, what is? Matter of fact, this is an amazing stat. Today, most Christians don't tithe. Consider these statistics. According to a, a, a resource for churches called uh, State of the Plate, only 10 to 25% of church members tithe. Only 5% of the United States population participates in tithing. On average, Christians give 2.5% of their income, which is down from the 3.3% given during the Great Depression. People in the United States gave more during the Great Depression when they were standing in soup lines for their meals than we do in a, in a culture and in a time. Even as bad as it is, money is fairly flowing. And I wonder sometimes, I love blaming the leadership of our country for our economic problems, but I wonder if sometimes, because we live so closed-fisted, we couldn't step into the blessing of God because we tried to own the things of God rather than steward the things of God. But here's the deal. Your why matters. Matthew 6, 1-4 through says this, Be careful of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that, you've, that they have received their reward. But when you go, when you give to the needy, do not let your, let your left hand know what your right hand's doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret may reward you. Now here's the thing. Does this mean you can never tell anybody about what you're doing? Because I know people that are like, don't tell anybody anything. And I'm like, look man, what it says is if you're giving to be recognized... That's a problem because you're doing it out of your ego, not out of your heart. Now, if somebody finds out or somebody tells a story, because sometimes you have to tell stories so the people know where you've been and what you're doing because you're setting an example. Why do I talk about our church giving so much? Because I want our church to be a generous church. I want us to look at money as, as something we steward, not something we own. I know churches that base their success or failure on how much money they have in the bank. Now, I think that we have to have a parachute fund in case things... You know, there are seasons, right? But I'm just going to tell you this. We got a million dollars in the bank. Jesus comes back and we ain't done nothing with it. We are bad stewards. Like, we have to be about our Father's business. You know whose money it is? Not mine. It's not Thrive's. It's not yours. It's God's money. Everything that we have is God's. He can steward it and tell us to do whatever He tells us to do. Our job is obedience. Our job is stewardship, never ownerships. So Luke 6, 37 and 38 say this. One of the most over and misquoted 
scriptures of our day. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and it, you'll be forgiven. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put in your lap. Other translations say, well, men lay it in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The real question is, what do you want? Okay, I believe in living a blessed life. Now, some people will call that prosperity gospel. I don't. I just call it gospel. Jesus said this, what you sow, you reap. What do you want? If you want a bunch of friends, be a great person that everybody wants to be around. If you don't have any friends, it's probably your fault. If every time you're around a group of people, they don't like you, it's probably not them. I talked to a lady one time. She was going into her sixth marriage. And we sat down and I said, hey, so tell me this. What's going to be different in your marriage? And she's like, well, we're in love. And I said, were you in love the first five times? And she's like, yeah. Okay, so what's different? Well, it's just different this time. It's special. Was it special the first five times? Yeah. Well, honey, I hate to tell you this, but you were in all of those marriages that failed. Could it be... And I told her, I said, we need to look at your choosing process. Because you have, you're so afraid of being alone that you go into it with a closed fist. I'm going to grab somebody and I ain't letting go. Listen, you're ignoring red flags. The first time he smacked you, it was just... It got real quiet, didn't it? First time you figured out he was a drunk or a pothead or a jerk... You stop looking at, at Corinthians where it said love is patient, love is kind. Love isn't quick to anger. And you overlook those things. You, you buried the red flags. I got, a, I got a saying in my life, I don't collect red flags. I'll give you a couple and then it's time to reevaluate. Why? Because I steward things. I steward my time. I steward my life. I steward my, who, who I sow into. Look, if I know it's background and I keep sowing into it, that's my fault. And so Scripture says, ma'am, but, but there is a blessing that comes with sowing. What do you want? Do you want to be liked? Forgive people. Some people don't have any friends because every time they get annoyed, they stop being friends. If that was the case, you wouldn't be married. Just today, your spouse has given you grounds to leave. Any woman ever got up in the middle of the night and did the tushy baptism because somebody forgot to put the seat down? That's grounds for divorce. Any dude ever got in the shower and found Chewbacca stuck to the shower wall where she... Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Look, if you want to be a person that's loved, you have to, you have to look at your life. If you want to be a person that's financially resourced, man, you've got to live with open hands and open hearts. Everything, everything in my life, I'm stewarding, I'm not owning. So, if you steward your car and it's God's car, you'll take care of your car different. If you steward your house and you don't own your house, you'll treat it different. If you steward your kids, your spouse, you'll treat it different. Malachi 3.10 says this. I love this. It says, bring the full, uh, yeah, 3.10 says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby Put me to a test. Let me tell you something. Jesus nowhere but this. God nowhere but this looks at you and says, test me. Matter of fact, everywhere else he's like, don't test me. Your mom ever looked at you and be like, boy, don't test me. Your daddy ever looked at you and said, one more time. Test me one more time. 
I said it to my dog this week. I got, I've got an ADHD dog who smokes Ritalin, and like he is, he's a crackhead. Blue tick coon. Now I can, I'm going to talk to Josh after service, Pastor Josh, and be like, bro, you got to help me with my dog. But anyway, here's the thing. Love this dog. Love this dog better than I love some people. Pastor said it out loud. Love the dog better than I love some But here's the thing. He's stubborn. And I had the squirt bottle. I'm like, stop it. And he did it. And shook it off. And I'm like, do it again. And he did it again. I feel like the wild, wild west. Test me. Was that five shots or six? Do you feel lucky? But this is the one case where God looks at you and says, I want you to, I want you to test me. I want you, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If I can get your hand open to your finances, I can maybe for the first time capture your heart. I mean, like, really. Because as long as anything you're holding back from God is an area of your life you cannot be blessed in. He said, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you, um, heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God said, I know your needs before you ask them. I'm the supplier of all your needs and honestly, a lot of your wants. But what I've got to do is I've got to have you open handed, not closed fist. Anything you're closed fist on, you're preparing for a fight with God about. You know how you can tell if somebody's really losing their, their junk, especially a dude? What do they do? They start bawling their fist up. Because in that, in that conversation, they're done talking. Anytime you're done having a conversation with God, you're out of the will of God. God said, so what I need you to do is, is, is I need you to live a life that, that has open hands and open hearts. Matter of fact, I love this 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 13. I know I'm throw, throwing a lot of scripture at you, but I want you to see the depth of this. This is the point. <laughs> I love it when God looks at me and goes, okay, Adam, this is the point. This, this, this is what I'm trying to teach you. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God said, look man, I can't get it to you if I can't get it through you. Let each one, uh, each one must um, give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look, we are not going to show you shivering pictures of puppies within the arms of the angel. Look, I had a corgi that would shiver in like 90 degree heat with a blanket around her. I'm not even sympathetic to that dog anymore. You know what I'm talking I'm like, she playing me right now. But, but it worked. But here's the thing. I'm not going to show you kids of pictures of kids in Africa. I'm not going to. We're, we're just not that church. I don't want you to give because we made you feel bad. I want you to give because you've got open hands and open hearts going, God, this is yours. What do you want? He goes on, he says this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, all, uh, and so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it's written, He is distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seeds for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. God said this. He said, I want to bless you if your hands are open. Man, God don't want to bless you if you can drive a Ferrari. Like if, you, like if you've got a Ferrari, we would love for you to tie. But um, 
But if you need a Ferrari so that you know something, you know that the average millionaire drives a three-year-old car? Generally, it's a Honda, Toyota, or a, or a couple of the domestics. You know why? Because most millionaires figured out, I don't really care about cars. Cars don't make me happy. But having a life that God can move in and through. He goes on and he says this. He says, you'll be enriched in every way to be, to be generous. You will be enriched in every way uh, to be generous in every way. Which through us will provide will produce thanksgiving to God for the ministry of the service is not only to supply the needs of the saints, but also for the overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. He said, look man, I want you to be blessed so that, it, so that people can see that you're ministered to, but so that you can take the excess and minister to other people. You can't take it. And at the rate things are going, it ain't going to be worth anything when you get there anyway. So why don't you invest in a place where moth and rust can't destroy? He says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel and the generosity of the contribution for them and for all others. He said this. He said, look, he said, your life will make Jesus famous when I can get money in you and through you. When I can get time in you and through you. Here's the thing. If you're broke, there are two places you need to go. One is to work. You know where broke people go? To work. And if, if you, there's nowhere to work, you need you got time to volunteer for Jesus. If you're retired, we got openings. Especially if you're if you're self-sufficient, we don't have to pay you. We've got all kinds of openings. We're hiring for nothing. Hey, better than sitting at home and watching Bob Barker. God did not cre- create you to sit on a couch and die. So here's the thing. What what does God have in your hand that He's asking you to give? Time, talent, resource. It's not all about money. It's about the the entirety of your life. Any part of your life that you're closed off to and just bound and determined not to let God tell you what to do with it is an area that you're actually contending and fighting with God about. I love this and we're going to end with this. 2 Corinthians 8, 1-5 because I I don't think that a lot of people uh, un- really understand giving. Like if I skip giving this week, half the people will be like, shut up, get in the car, get in the minivan, get in the minivan, come on, grab the kids, let's go. Let's go. He didn't say nothing about it. If he didn't say anything about it, we're not obligated to get in the car. Shut up. Don't eat, don't stop talking. Get in the car. You're peeling out of the rocks, right? Right. We just made 300 bucks this week. We don't have to pay tithe. Hallelujah. Right? Like here. Not saying you, I'm just saying somebody you might know. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5 says this. And this is Paul talking. He said, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the church of Macedonia. I would love for this to be the church of Thrive in Burlington. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. He said, man, these people gave when they didn't have it to give. They were happy when they should have been sad. They had joy that only God can give. He goes on and he says this. He says, For they gave according to their means, not beyond their means. God doesn't want you to do more than what He asks. He wants you to do what He asks. He goes on and he says this. Oh, Can I just stop there for a second? Some people, 
Some people are going to see this and go, man, all the church wants is money. Can I just say this? If you can't give with a good spirit, and I say this with all love, please, for the love of God, keep your money. We don't need it. This is not about the church. I want you to give a blessing so that you can receive a blessing. I want you in a cyclical relationship of honoring God with your fruits so that you can get more fruits, so that you can honor God with more fruits. You know the great thing about, about a fruit tree is, is before you pay your tithe on it, you get to eat off of it. And I'm just going to promise you this. If you can't live on 90%, 10% ain't going to make a difference. And he goes on, he says this. I love this. Verse 4. He said, or verse 3, he said, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means... Uh, of their own accord. He said, man, these people started doing more than what we needed them to do. And then he goes on saying this, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. He's like, man, these people were begging us to give money at church. Can you imagine me getting ready to dismiss church and I forgot to do the offering and so many back going, hey, wait a minute, pastor. You ain't going to rob me from giving, are you? Because I might need a blessing this week. Now, I know you ain't going to steal from me. See, because I'm a great giver, I suck at receiving. If you try to give me something, I'll be oh, no, I don't need it. No, thank me, 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 me. Because I'm great with half the gospel. But didn't Scripture say? Man, you can really tell a lot about a man's faith journey, not only by how it gives, but also how it receives. Because everything has a season of sowing and reaping. Man, these people are begging for the favor to give. They weren't, they weren't doing it because somebody made them feel bad. They were doing it because they understood the rhythm that God moved in. And what they're saying is, God, we don't, we don't have a lot. But if you want it, take it. This makes sense. Love this. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And, and this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. See, to the core has to do with this. Is if you think, that you're first given to God and second given here, then we need you to be a part of what here is doing. We're going to make Jesus famous. We're going to fill His house. We're going to be radically generous. We're going to go through all of these things because it's who we are at our DNA. You can't ask us to be anything but this. Because I refuse to live my life. I refuse to be a part of a church that isn't open-handed and open-hearted. I can't tell you how many churches that we know of that are renting buildings, especially during COVID, and they're like, man, we don't know where we're going to go. And I'm like, hey, if you don't mind taking a different time, you can have our building. I mean, we're pretty much in Burlington, no place you could come get COVID. We didn't close down much. Could you get sick? Yeah. I also get sick at Food Lion. We figured if you were going there, you might as well come here. And if you didn't, we were online. Hey, online people, we're still online. Because here's our, here's our goal. We're going to make Jesus famous. We're going to fill His house and we're going to live our lives with open hands and open hearts. Because I refuse to have an area of my life where I refuse to listen to God. Now if you think this is about money, you, 
you've missed the message. But Jesus did say, I can tell where your, your heart is by where you invest. You put me in a scuba shop or a gun shop, oh, I'll open a checkbook. You put my wife in Hobby Lobby, checkbook's out. Put me in a shoe store, psh, budget, smudge it. You know why? Because that's the things I'm passionate about. Put me in an Apple store, I'll start buying stuff for, for myself and for other people that I don't even know. I'll be like, everybody needs one of these. Let's, let's get one. We'll give it to somebody, right? Because I love that stuff. And if you're really in love with Jesus, you invest there because that's where your heart is. So today as we come to close and the worship team comes, can we just pray together? Father, today I just ask that You let us be radically generous. God, generous with waitresses. God, generous with, with forgiveness. God, generous with love. Generous with patience. God, generous with long-suffering. God, let us, let us open our hearts up, God. Let us be patient with the stupid driver in front of us that makes us want to cuss, but what really needs is for You to, to, to let us love them and see them the way that You do. God, instead of being frustrated, God, let us go to the core of who we are and learn to be like You. God, let us love like You and give like You and sacrifice like You and invest our resources like You. God, God let, us be, let us be about the work of the saints and the work of the, the community that we're in. I wonder if there's somebody here today or, or online and you're like, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. If that's you, we just slip your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I thank you for saving me and forgiving me of my sins. I ask you into my heart. Make me right with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.